This is the Joel and Iris Show, Episode 3. Tune in weekly for our unique take on couples' advice, inspiration, and insights. Don't forget to follow us at The Jairus Show on Twitter and Instagram to find out more. Yo, yo, yo. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Welcome another episode back. of The Joel and Iris Show. Hashtag The Jairus Show. Uh, but yeah, we were actually fresh back recording uh, after being at VegFest. So this has been a VegFest weekend and I reckon... In Brighton. Yeah, and in Brighton. it was a very long trip back, I must say. It was a long... And it was a long trip there. It was a long trip there. It was, it was yeah, quite a long trip back. Yeah, it was a long trip. And so I think in honour of the length of time we've spent <laughs> in Brighton this weekend, I think this could almost be... A vegan veg fest podcast special yeah why not <laughs> why not so uh so yeah it's been a, it's been an interesting weekend for like a number of different reasons i performed in the vegan x factor yesterday uh and you won best performance which was which was nice uh i mean we'll go into that a little bit more but yeah. today but today as well i went back and i had uh, a 45 minute uh, set. set where I did some poetry, spoken word, and vegan shout ups so that people could have a yeah, and a bit of a like Q and A Q and A as well. And then I filled the rest of the time talking in between the. I, I basically did like <laughs> you a, can easily fill like hours. I did like the 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 Kanye West where people come for music and they're all there ready with their popcorn ready to yeah. yay. And I was like, right, guys, I'm going to lecture you yeah. about my life, about race, ethnicity, who I, I think, am. I don't think everyone was ready for it. They, but I feel like a lot of people took what you said on board. No, for sure, that people did. There was quite some, like, interaction, which I didn't expect because the room was quite big still. Like, it seats so many people, but there was not that many. yeah. Uh, I mean, anybody who has gone on this journey of doing like touring, going on the road, being a performer, you will know this this room, the room where you go there, and yeah. your the room's probably about what ten, fifteen percent capacity, if that. Yeah, of, it's of just people. a business hall, and because yeah. it's so impersonal and just so officey mm-hmm. it just doesn't really feel like if I would even walk past it and it was a choice of sitting in a dusty room you know listening <laughs> to someone who I might have not known mm-hmm. uh to eating vegan pizza I'd probably go get a slice <laughs> it just doesn't really look that inviting yeah I think veg has yeah, got some work they... to do with regards to their user experience because considering yeah. that what they're calling that as the main stage like to think that at the main stage of your event that at the height of the day mm-hmm. uh, that then according to the sound technician and people that we talked to i had the the, the most people i had the most people yeah. of the day and like yeah i had 30 people if 30 40 people if yeah if i'd say it up was, to 40 but yeah it was it was quite bare, and I think it, it was because there were so many people getting food, um, and just 
there was other talks as well happening at the same time, you know, Christopher Sebastian. And I think it's quite difficult for people because when you have the the little stages like dotted around the area of food, yeah, you're more likely to pass that and go, oh, I can still sit here and eat. Whereas I think those main rooms, they seemed a little bit more closed off. They have that feeling of, I remember from university and stuff as well, that if you open the door to come into that room, you exactly. feel that everybody turns around and looks like who's yeah. who's arrived. And so if you weren't there at the beginning of my set, yeah. it was difficult to come in. However, I, I did when I did Vegan Shut Up, people were streaming people were through the doors in. because yeah. then people could hear out in the main hall yeah. like a song that they recognised and people exactly. then came, came filtering in. in. So yeah, it, it it was it was good. It was good. I yeah, it was enjoyable to talk to people. Just me and Mike, and like yeah, you're all gonna listen, and I'm gonna get you involved in the yeah. conversation. It was it was good, and it was definitely a good precursor for uh, developing in it into the the full going back to my roots mm-hmm. tour that mm-hmm. I'm gonna be doing in the in the summer and stuff. So yeah. yeah. That's exciting, but that's a seg- that's a segue from VegFest. <laughs> uh, we ate a lot of food as well. We ate so much food. I feel I feel a little bit satanned out and tofu'd out. Tell people the, the the honest extent of what you've been eating. The honest extent. I don't even. I didn't even keep track. And I think you know when you're drinking pints and you're like, mm, I think I drank three, but you've actually had five. <laughs> I think that's where I'm at with food. Like, I think I had three things over the course of the day. No, I actually had five meals. Meals, not Um, snacks. Not snacks, yeah. I had pizza, multiple pizza slices, you know, big pizza slices. We had a massive, like, bowl with rice and peas, The Wakanda box from brownies. It was amazing, but obviously just dumplings everything it's just so filling um the chocho uh and 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 vegetable curry yes with the rice and peas and roti that was amazing and then obviously yesterday we were eating brownies as well like peanut butter brownies all kinds of different ones and i made you vegan muffins in the morning before we even oh went out oh my gosh and we had mcmuffins and then this morning we had breakfast as well before we went to vetchfest i made i made temple of satan burgers with melt, cheese. melted cheese and my and homemade mayo why is this food so delicious though like, like obviously i we became vegan for health reasons as well as obviously environmental reasons but yeah, we're not really eating, like, that many lentils anymore or that many <laughs> grains anymore. Like, that's why we started out. And now we're just kind of kidding ourselves with um, bread, seitan, soy, just lots, like, every day. I've basically, it's it's almost the, the mantra which I explain to people all the time about when they go, why do vegans eat fake meat? And I'm like... It's not fake meat. It is a homogenized product. People yeah. people aren't buying... When they buy a burger, they're not buying a cow's shoulder. They're buying a burger. Exactly. And when they buy a hot dog, they don't know where or what but part of the animal is. It's just all sort of convenience. And I say that full well knowing that chopping a carrot up and having some hummus is 
convenient as well. I was about to say, because I actually go to but, some labour to make some of these. But, obviously, buying bread and stuff is more convenient than cooking up a whole meal, I would say. True. Because you do go through lengths to make it taste nice, and I do obviously appreciate that, but cooking a full meal where you've, where you've got three pans on the stove and obviously we can only cook two at a time mm-hmm. um it kind of like yeah we should basically we should be eating more salads and we should be cooking more like grains in bulk and just keeping some in the fridge for when we get hungry yeah but i think what has happened is that i live every single day like an episode of diners and drive-ins with Guy Fieri on the Food Network. Every day I'm like, how can I make a burger that is just going to surpass the level of the last one? Or how am I going to, like, make this smoked tofu resemble... You are really good at it, but I just wish that we had as much passion as we we had for... For junk foods. Junk foods for whole foods, because... My body is not able to keep this up and I've kind of dropped, you know, alcohol, um, dropping caffeine, like, is hard as well, but dropping junk food, like, it just, it needs to be done. It needs to just be a treat. Yeah. You know, a once a month treat, um, but not a, not a daily habit. It's just because, like you quite rightly said, by cutting out so many of those other vices it feels as if it's like my my vice reward everything wrapped up into it's it's in my mind i'm like i'm still i'm still vegan and so so i suppose because morally and like and i just know that like look the only harm i'm doing is it's an implosion not an explosion yeah the only person who's been harmed of any of this behavior is me and that takes a lot of guilt out of it already but even after that as well you know that fair enough when the the people who would tell you that the health conscious vegans would tell you mm. a way to avoid meat, they also tell you to avoid vegetable oils as well. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I do not avoid oil. Like, I mean, when they say vegetable oils, I mean, I mean, olive oil is a fruit oil, really, isn't it? Uh, but I feel like we don't use tons of oil. It's just we don't deep fry or anything. But no, yeah. we don't deep fry. But obviously, we buy products that do have oil in them. And then I do the frying pan is my favourite tool. That's the only tool. (laughs) That and the toaster. That makes me sound really like (laughs) mad. Like listeners, like that's not the case. I am at the moment, but I think that's also because it's like winter time, and I feel like you are more than a toaster, darling. But at the moment, you know that's just been like the main tools. Yeah, it has been. And fair enough that we are using our juicer, you know, more frequently now. And I feel that now it's, you know, spring. We should we should really just start eating healthier. Yeah. 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 I'm in agreement with you. 100%. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's a, a, a nice intro with regards to what we need to do and everybody spring is here now it doesn't really feel like it but time for us to all get with get with the season spring forward because it's light for longer yeah um it just makes sense for us to move more and eat better yeah yeah 
I think that nicely segues us actually into today's uh, frequently asked couple question. Uh, and it pertains again to our veganism. Yeah. Because it was how do our friends respond to our veganism with dinner parties and social events? Mm, yeah. I suppose we're quite a bit into our journey now. And when we first started, it was maybe quite a shock to people, um, like friends and family. Um, they kind of responded, not super negatively, but obviously a bit taking the piss, which is fair enough. Yeah. I mean, you obviously have quite a banter relationship anyway mm-hmm. with your like friends and... Family, everybody, just yeah. Just everybody. So... Yeah, that's fine. And I think we kind of surpassed it. And because we've kept on the journey, like people have just, they're kind of adapted to it now. You know, they make sure they cook vegan food or I feel like they're trying. No, you're you're right. But what I also wonder though is have we also normalised ourselves to the fewer invitations? We do, like maybe friends are going out for more dinners that we're just not privy to like at yeah i think so too but also like we do decline invites sometimes i mean there's obviously birthday like dinners that can like wreck up the cost as well like a hundred a head or something and there won't be a vegan option well there's, I just don't think there's any point for us to come. Mm-hmm. Like, if it's a pub lunch and you know that they also serve, you know, chips and salad, <laughs> then okay, that one time the you usual. have chips and salad. Yeah. Or you phone ahead and stuff. Mm. But if it's a really fancy place and they pull their nose up and say, we don't want to adapt to, you know, veganism, mm-hmm. then fine like we won't come because we'll come for drinks after yeah because there's no point in sitting there being hungry and people just trying to keep feeding you but obviously you don't want to eat that you don't want to bum them out either yeah the whole thing just becomes yeah that weird awkwardness yeah and now we've kind of stopped drinking or drinking a lot less um it just it's not very celebratory for people who do eat meat and who do drink alcohol yeah i mean also as well we've had a a changing of the guard with regards to a lot of like friends as well not to say that other people are no longer our friends but we've spent more yeah, time you hang out with more people, with people who like, obviously have quite a similar agenda and are, and are closer to doing what i'm yeah. doing and what so it's more conducive i think also our new relationships are so much revolving around food already mm-hmm. like we've made friends with obviously people who love to cook vegan food yeah which is great because we love to cook vegan food and then you you're sharing experiences you're sharing food and that kind of builds a relationship on a new kind of island yeah that's true i mean people like yeah people like esme yeah uh, deserted exactly. cactus and we can just go down there any time yeah chill but then as well even though through her then meeting the people who we meet there and how it works like in that little like minesweeper and it opens up new people who also gravitate towards vegan food and yeah i think, I think we just want to hang out with more compassionate people like in every sense of the word and not just i'm vegan for the animals and i suppose it's really nice to to meet more and more people who want to be compassionate 
throughout life in, you know, whether it's like being less wasteful, being kinder to all kinds. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's just been, I think, the best on this journey. It's nice to discover new things about yourself and improving your health, but it's also just, I've never met this many wonderful people. Like, obviously, you meet people who are not so wonderful as well <laughs> yeah but i've never met this many wonderful people yeah the vegan filter it, it is really good yeah i would say like by and large mm-hmm. and so i mean again i mean i'd almost want to really if I'm, if I'm being honest for that vegan filter to be actually good like solid i would say like uh non-white vegans <laughs> Predominantly, Predominantly. Yeah, that's predominantly. what I'm saying. That I can, what I can guarantee There's is that in the, in the yeah. people, but yeah, not saying that there aren't in the yeah. in the white camp, but I'm saying that pre- like predominantly, definitely, um, yeah. definitely. I don't know. I think, I think veganism has grown as well a lot. I mean, over the whole world, obviously, but also in the UK because if I were quite shy and I didn't have a lot of friends. Mm-hmm. But I was quite a kind person and I would see this movement where obviously it is about kindness really um I would go vegan as well like it would just make so much sense to kind of join a new community because you don't have church as much anymore yeah. you don't have pubs as much anymore and so where are you going to meet new friends after obviously school university those kind of hubs where you, where you make friends. Yeah. I think veganism is a, is a great I'm, new community to, to build like solid relationships. hundred percent. I really believe that. I mean, what I almost feel is in my responsibility within my own, uh, branch of veganism, as I see it currently yeah. is to develop some political tenets to it, to make it more appealing to people for a life ideology for sure. rather than just, as I was saying and in the talk not, today, it's yeah, not just diet. Exactly. It's, it's, it's lifestyle. Yeah. And not just dropping people when obviously you mess up once or you feel the pressure of society. Yeah, it's or not zero family. sum. It's not, no, yeah, you can't someone be has to lose. No one, vegan. yeah, no one has to you lose. You can't be 100% zero waste. So. Just do what you can and, exactly. just, and, just, and just stay honest. Yeah. That's, that's the best thing you can do, to stay honest. Honest to yourself, honest to other people. And as long as you do that, like your humility will will help you progress. Yeah. And like, yeah, I feel that so much through yeah, so many of the amazing people that we've met and have been developing into like our our new friends. And as you, yeah, you're quite right. You just can't help but gravitate towards people who just emanate like like positivity mm. and good uh, and good feeling. And again, it comes from a place of being well thought out for a lot yeah. of them as well. That it's not like uh airy fairy uh like yeah. dippy, dippy veganism a lot of the people that we're talking about we don't really know any of the what i call the the, the one direction of vegans the ones <laughs> who've just like got the vegan t-shirt and are buying like whatever stuff at the fair like oh my god this yeah. is all vegan this is all vegan but, i think you go through different stages as well and obviously maybe it depends also on your on your age and your experience for sure what kind of vegan you are but I think in my own time that I spend with young people of varying ages, including my own, like, you know, godson, nephews, cousins, mm-hmm. family and stuff, 
I do recognise that there is the ability to actually be that, like, you know, the, in essence, the mature, new, raw vegan from young. But again, yeah. this is what a, a bigger conversation, like maybe we'll do in a, in a separate podcast. But part of even why we are both kind of that word vegan, recognising the political nature that mm-hmm. vegan now means... Because vegan is a, like it brings it draws in those other two big political words, black and white. Yeah. Because there is white veganism and black veganism. Yeah. And the only reason why those things can be so stark is because veganism is again a new political divider, and that is why, although we are adhering to the principles in a lifestyle of veganism, I, I do not in any way believe that the politics of veganism as they stand in the world is what I would want to attach my name to. I don't feel that yeah, like how we've, we've always felt a little Peter bit, and um, all these companies that are out yeah. there doing what I think is just like overly privileged like veganism like spillover of privileged veganism like yes. that that to me is I can't I can't is, you attach can't my, save my animals and that. be cruel to humans yeah. like I don't believe that that's the way forward because you can't judge. Um, yeah, like you said, just a less privileged family who's going to a food bank. And if you're going to a food bank, you can't always choose what you're going to eat. Like, you can't only live on bananas. But I think, like what I uh, articulated to uh, uh, Sid and his uh, and his missus that we were talking to like yeah. yesterday at, at VegFest... Uh, when I was like, in in essence, like saying to them that you can't. Uh... Sorry, my mind has gone blank there for a minute. <laughs> uh, what was I about to say? Uh, what were we talking about? This is, these are the things that happens like when you when you just, get older. Just you do, when you said that, my, my mind <laughs> went blank. We were talking about veganism and how white and black vegans and obviously the political term of veganism and how privilege um plays a part in that and how families obviously you can't always judge people by their actions because sometimes their actions are coming from privilege or coming from non-privilege whereas peter really uh, yeah, judge doing... people and earthling Ed, I mean bless him like he does some good work but I just don't always stand behind his approach to you know less privileged people and how he pushes them in a corner um maybe to get his views up yeah and I, I'm all for working hard and obviously I appreciate what he does and what other activists do but it's not the way that I would personally do it. Yeah, I've, I often think that to be the case as well. Like, in essence, lauding your intellectual capacity over people who haven't thought about the way that yeah, they have been programmed in this society. Thousands of hours on this subject and you weren't a vegan your whole life. So it, it feels a little bit odd that now you've gone full-on judgmental mode, whereas you've spent many, many years um, behaving quite similarly. Yeah. Why, yeah, why, uh, again, within this discussion, 
a lot of the time they're not at the yeah I think what I was going to say before was the conversation I was having with those guys was about the dismantling of uh, norms and traditions that conversation yeah because I was saying that veganism like when you talk to any of the kind of the young like well-spoken erudite I'm going to talk you down on veganism kind of guys who are doing doing the thing out there in essence, their position always comes from the when you break it down and understand that you've been programmed to believe these things and mm-hmm. it's all like, you know, part of a marketing scheme employ. I'm like, I just don't understand how you don't use that same intelligence and like chronological deduction to break down race and break down but other structural things in the society. Just so that, strong. That, that exactly that play to, to your, to your strengths and, but you're not, uh, you're not talking about those. As I said, the mind boggles to me that people can unpick animal agriculture, but then still celebrate Christmas Day, like mm-hmm. with like full on like birth of baby Jesus with a snowman and a Christmas tree. And I'm like, what Just brings these everything things? Valentine's Day anniversaries. Yeah. I mean, we're obviously breaking them down um, together, and I feel that's a great thing. But I'm just not sure how people are able to do that themselves if they're not in a relationship and doing it together. Uh, I mean, you say say that, but I mean, I would would like to think that, like, a lot of these things that I'd unpicked, because they just don't make sense. You were still celebrating them. As in, like, you know, you weren't completely... I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't like, yeah, yeah, Yeah. true, 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 And so I, I just feel like if you're in a relationship and obviously... It's really helpful that we're we're both vegan and we don't always agree, but we agree most of the time. Yeah. Which is very helpful because otherwise, um, I'm not sure if it would have lasted. No, yeah. I think you have to have key principles within your relationship have to be... And even if you... We weren't the same people four years ago. No. So the fact that we are willing to listen to each other, uh, take in new information and process that information and just see what's factual and what's not and what we're going to implement and what not um, is really helpful because if we weren't so flexible, the both of us, and I still sometimes catch myself not being flexible and just going like oh can't compute like i don't i don't want to change my personality or don't want to change this and why can't we just get on with like i don't know writing love love hearts on valentine's day and uh pretending that we're christians on christmas and you know like why can't we do all these things because that would make life easier yeah, apparently but as apparently but, but obviously we're breaking these things down because we are you know hopefully at some point having children mm-hmm. and i'm trying to force myself really into awkward conversations and you know not only with you but with other people mm-hmm. to break down things before we have children yeah. Because I just don't feel like it's fair to bring them into the world and, like, not have all the answers. Fair enough, we can't have all the answers. Yeah. But it's just good to to agree on some key things before that time comes. Without a shadow of a doubt. 
I think if there was anything I learned from that film Inside Out that I didn't already really know about yeah. the inner workings I of my love mind, love that film. Yeah, is we have built so many uh, core memories together. Yeah, we have been there in big moments in each other's families' lives, uh, embedded with members of each other's families, yeah. and like there are. It, just from from so many practical reasons that we have built together over those years, like you said, from from being very different people, we have aligned so many of those paths so that we are able to a lot quicker do things together than before. And what I mean by that is, I can by and large, I mean I can be a bit like you know naughty or like you know play naive sometimes, but. By and large, in any de- decision, I know what your position will be. <laughs> yeah, and you, and you probably know mm-hmm. with me that or that what whatever is meant to be the correct way to do it, Joel's going to do a madness. Or <laughs> 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 you probably you probably got an idea of like mm, I, I I could never tell with this guy, or but you you know enough of me to you you. you you know, you know, you have an, an inkling of what my behaviour will, yeah, will be. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we saw uh, Smilf, the series. Is it on Sky? It was on Sky, yeah. Yeah, good, so good series. We, um, we saw that season. There's only one season. But basically, in there, there was an episode where um, the boyfriend of the main character or the ex-boyfriend of the main character, takes their son to be baptised. And I just, I was just watching this episode thinking, oh my God, I'm just, I'm just quite happy that obviously we're on one line with, um, on the same page with these things, because, if you know, you're not if Christian it wasn't and you're... like, it, it just, it just wouldn't work. Like I was just, looking at that episode thinking I'm just quite blessed that's so funny that you say blessed I know (laughs) yeah (laughs) I think I've just heard the word so many times now yeah um I just yeah I'm just really lucky um yeah Uh, again this is what I mean we we say luck and these are all nuances of language but this is by design as you said would we still be here together if it wasn't for these facts because if you believed in some thing that I didn't believe in I couldn't wrap my head around like it would be too other to me yeah uh, and I I just I believe I have as you, yeah people will, will know of me I have very strong beliefs on a lot of things and just you of all people that I've met are most aligned to the majority of those things I mean obviously some of them like I've, I've bent you to them a little bit, some of them, but, but, but by I and large, both though, of us um, started off slightly, or slightly, we were quite different people when we met. Yeah. And I think we've gone through a lot of personal changes before we met as well, um, because I think that if we would have met even five years before we met each other, yeah. it wouldn't have worked no out. No way. And so I think it was luck in the sense of, right moment, right time, mm-hmm. because we were both just looking for a new stage in life mm-hmm. uh, at the right time together. 
Yeah. Because if it just if it would have been earlier, I don't think it would have worked. And if it would have been later, I don't think it would have worked. Well, of course. I mean, uh, the ages when we met, you were... 23 and you were 32. Yeah. That's, yeah. I think for... I think that age differential is actually probably what levels out the maturity between men and women. And I say that from the place of male privilege in the sense that men don't have to grow up. Men get to be big boys. That's why we live in this shithole of a world that we live in because men are, by and large, big boys who remain unchecked. Mm -hmm. And so... It, it takes a while for a big boy to have been burnt enough, even just by the other boys, to grow up. <laughs> and so, yeah, definitely. And so when a man is in his 30s, he's about ready for a woman in her 20s. Uh, and, yeah, and, and so you don't on have so a forth. biological clock you know, work, ticking yeah. and stuff. And so you don't really have, like, maybe pressure as well around you of, oh, when are you going to get married and have kids and stuff whereas Mm -hmm. I think women are asked those questions a lot earlier than men yeah definitely and so uh, but I think yeah younger than that and yeah it was you were right it was it was a perfect like you know like coming together age-wise for us but not that's not to say in any way that these past four and a half years of like them being smooth sailing in this alignment because it has been like but I think we were um just perceptive to our views and kind of like really took to each other's changes and I don't know if I went vegan and you wouldn't have made that step with me I yeah I just don't think it would have worked either you know because it is a lot of temptation at first as well when you're trying to change your diet and your lifestyle and if your partner's not on board, I mean, I just, uh, I wouldn't know how people do that because I, I couldn't have meat in the house anymore, you know? Yeah. And so if, if you were to just bring round chicken or if I were to do that to you, it just, it just wouldn't work. To me, <laughs> it now is reminiscent of one of my favourite scenes in a film ever from Zack Snyder's 300 when the Persian emissary like comes to rock up to Sparta <laughs> and he brings the heads of kings with him like basically and then when King Leonidas says to him you say that you come to ask me something but you bring the dead heads <laughs> of other kings to come to talk to me like <laughs> this is how you come to my house and you expect me to be civil with you yeah <laughs> like this is Sparta yeah, like, just... because yeah if, uh, to me now as well people bringing like the dead carcass of like another living being like across the threshold of your house I it mean, is a little e- it even, is a little even dairy and stuff like I just obviously I had a moment where I just kind of freaked out and just said no I just I just don't want dairy in my house anymore you know I just consider dairy to be the same as meat you know um the same if not more at times suffering and yeah I just I don't want it in my house anymore it's all well and good that other people want to do you know their things in their house but house just our home just feels 
quite sacred to me. Yeah. You know, vibrationally different as a space. result. Yeah, I just. Yeah. It's good to see as well that we have plants in our living room, and I was just having a look to check yeah. because one of the new plant, the ponytail that <laughs> I got Iris for her birthday, is not very far away from the Wi Fi hub, and I'm always like intently looking at the welfare of the plants to see if the Wi-Fi is killing them because when the plants start to suffer from the Wi-Fi, rest assured that you're suffering too. Yeah, I think we're quite um, good with keeping our phones out of the bedroom and um, being a bit mindful. I mean, to be fair, we could be a little bit more mindful. Definitely. um, Hopefully with moving house, we will be able to rearrange some things. Yeah. You know? uh, but right now, I'm just, I'm just accepting where we live and how we live a little bit because this is where we live and this is how yeah, we this live. This is and, how it is. Yeah, exactly. You know, this is you got to make the best out of your living situation, and the same with veganism. I mean, we don't have a massive kitchen, we don't have a freezer, so I suppose we are a little bit restricted but i feel like we do quite well with what we have yeah i think that has been i think that probably is one of the key things underneath all of our relationship that both of us are able to just get on with it yeah neither of us are like hissy fits or like that's it like i can't do this now because of that it's just keep it moving because yeah. it's the mission. We both see that we have a long-term... Long view. A long view, which I think brings us nicely, I think, because in that conversation we've answered quite a few sections. We answered, I also feel, our interracial question, talking about some of that in there mm-hmm. and our weekend drive. So I think that nicely brings us up to a, our hopes and dreams moving on from here, just to, just to round out for everybody this week. Hopes and dreams. Well, I did a handstand against the wall I know it might not count as like a full handstand but obviously just trying to balance myself and feel the pressure in my hands um was just very important to me and I'd never done that before so you know it's another new thing to try out um I'm just trying to keep up my arm workouts um squats and yeah, another day of workouts tomorrow. So it's kind of my update on keeping fit. And obviously, it's getting easier, as you said. It's spring now. Like it's that that feeling I, in the exactly. air. It's time to I just clear out the I winter mean, cobwebs. People who know me know that winter is just not really my thing. Uh, I don't know why I'm born in the winter. To be honest, like I don't like having my birthday in the winter. Um, I feel quite low in the winter, like oh, yeah. hibernating, just having cups of tea and just, you know, staying at home. You I, don't I remember feel... you proposed moving your birthday to the summer. Trust I remember me, you asked to do that. I you have did. actually thought about that for a long, long time because I just, if we were to go away, obviously abroad mm. where there is sunshine Mm. on my birthday I would feel more like celebrating it you know when you ask people to come to your birthday in winter time and there's snow and it's hard to to get to yours or to get to the pub or to get anywhere Mm. 
it's just long. People don't want to come and see you, even if they like you, even if they love you. Like they're like, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna love you from afar. Yeah, Netflix is for me. Fam. Yeah, so I'm, you know, not that birthdays are a big thing for me anyway. But it's just it could have been. It's nicer to. It's nicer to have a cocktail in the sun, yeah. you know, than it is to have a hot chocolate. That's another thing that links us both as well. We both love the equator. And getting yeah, closer to it. I just, I really like the heat. I mean, especially in wintertime, I shower so, with such hot water. You do, I don't understand skin, how you can my, have that. Uh, my, everything just dries out and obviously I have to moisturise like a crazy person. Because I just love the heat. I just love to feel warm. You know? So this, mad. This coldness, like, I can deal with it. But obviously, just lots of blankets and teas and stuff. But, nah. I'd, I'd rather live in a sunny, warm place. Crazy. Even though you're this pale-skinned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I do build up a tan. And, I mean, I don't like fake tan, so I wouldn't just do it for aesthetics but I do build up a tan and you know once that's kind of build up I don't burn as much yeah. but it's just at first my body's like what's, what's going this on? yeah yeah well I mean for me in my hopes and dreams well I mean it's actually ours because you've been a large instrumental part again in why why our relationship successful but in helping build this dreaming of Wakanda event which I'm putting together, which is going to be on Saturday the 21st of April at the Royal Central School of Speech and Drama in Swiss Cottage. So now, just to kind of explain a little bit about what I'm trying to do, it's putting together, in essence, a benchmarking talking event, a, a question time, but predominantly and specifically really for Africans, for my Wakandan brothers and sisters to come to talk about the impressions that the film made on us, things that we uh, are feeling are important currently, topically, uh, but also things that are important to us as a group, like moving forward and how lessons that we learn from the film can be implemented practically into our lives and how we can make that into something and something we can celebrate moving forward because I don't think that uh, people of the African diaspora living in the UK uh, I don't feel, feel that we're living right. We're still living within side of our uh, black political identities, and I really want to start creating events that can pull us away from that. And exactly. so, and so, yeah, this event coming up, it, we've built up a great head of steam already. We've got so many amazing people involved, uh, and it's yeah, it's it's still snowballing. So, in my hope and dream, this is something that I'm really putting as much into to make sure that we deliver an event that is excellent that people think wow why does these things not happen always that then people want to become attached to it that they want to and then every single year or every single however often that we start doing it people can come people can take pride in all of those little uh nuances that make something great all those non-verbal communiques that just kind of give an event gravitas that we pay attention to all those details so I've spent so much time doing these events within the corporate world for mm-hmm. big data companies or yeah. 
like telecoms companies or banking companies, and like, I, I totally understand how they keep on making more profit and keep on doing more because they keep on setting you up in rooms with people that just even down to the plate that you get your croissant on while you're talking to the CTO in this place makes you feel a million bucks or yeah, like yeah, everything yeah. everything is conducive to progress yeah and I just want to create a space where people are able to come and in that space they don't have to worry about oh, how do I get to the station after this or oh, I didn't get to go to the toilet or oh, I can't even hear the thing properly from I want every single thing to be met yeah, to the standard wise. exactly of how it is when I go to those big Mm-hmm. corporate events, events and yeah. what makes those events just come off without a hitch so yeah my open dream is we're still in the building process so much going on with that at the same time as building all of these other J Brave things I mean this week I'm going to be going to like Twitter HQ I will be going to Hubbub to go and talk about making some new content uh, with regards to men reducing their meat content uh, meeting to actually start another new show with somebody more details to come but again there's so many things are going on and i'm just trying to as gary v would say just keep on making that content keep on putting the stuff out there because all you can do is keep on putting shit up on the wall and yeah some of it will stick and when is uh, dreaming of wakanda where does so it yeah just place? so just to remind everybody yeah that dreaming of wakanda event i'm talking about more details will be available online at hashtag dreaming of wakanda uh, and it will be happening at the royal central school of speech and drama in uh, swiss cottage opposite the hampstead theater Uh, so yeah look forward to that keep an eye on the socials and yeah follow at dreaming of wakanda yeah dreaming of wakanda on instagram Mm -hmm. dream of wakanda on twitter um, and that will be the 21st of April. So, yeah, we'd love to see you there if you're listening. Excellent. Good stuff. Well, I think, yeah, we've uh, probably bored people going on. Like, <laughs> but I think that was a good be a good, a good, good bit of vegan chat for a change. Yeah. Remind, reminding that we have that in the bank. But, exactly. yeah. Uh, thank you, everybody. And good night from me. Yeah, good night from me.